freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 79 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So thanks for sticking with us today. Our theme today is happy, healthy, and gun-wise. And our next guest is Taylor McNeil. She is international Olympic trap shooter and four-time Arizona State Olympic trap champion. Taylor has competed in the national platform for the past four years and has earned recognition by Arizona State Governor Doug Ducey as an outstanding Arizona athlete. Her recent achievements have included competing at the USA Olympic Trials, USA National Shotgun Finals, USA National Junior Olympics, Arizona State Junior Olympics, and USA Selection Matches for World Cup events. And she has earned, drumroll, 14 gold and 4 bronze medals holy cow the crowd goes wild and welcome (laughs) i love that and james brown says hey uh welcome to the show and the studio taylor mcneil hi thanks for having me oh my gosh i love that you live here in arizona yeah you can drive down be live in studio we have so much talent in this state yeah i'm actually from here i am 21 years old and i was born here and i've Grown up here, I guess. That's awesome. So you know you're you're barely twenty, barely twenty one. Yeah, like so, two weeks ago. It's <laughs> a happy birthday. Thanks. And you know, so to achieve all of this that I just read, right? I had to take mm-hmm. like three breaths to get through the whole thing. It's a lot. It makes me seem like I'm really busy. Yes, <laughs> I think you probably are. Yeah. And it also makes it seem like you've probably been uh, shooting since you know you could walk. Actually, that's what makes me a little different from everybody else that I compete with. They basically started walking with a gun in their hand, and I was a little different. I only started really getting into shotgun sports when I was around 15. And so I started with the American disciplines, and then I worked my way up to international, and that's how I've gotten to where I am today. We used to, my dad was in the Marines, and so... I didn't really do a lot with guns until I got old enough to really understand it. Although I'm not against it when you're a child, it's just our circumstances were a little different. And then I worked my way up to where I am now. And that is only, what, seven, six years years that you've done all this. Yeah. So all those people that have been training since they were in diapers are probably like, what is happening here? Yeah, that's what, (laughs) that's why, like, if I try to beat myself up, it's just, I've known I'm not, I haven't been doing this as long as everyone else has. So I give myself some sort of credit even if I've had a bad shoot or a bad day or a bad practice. That is fantastic. So, mm. you know, before we uh, came into to this segment, I was saying, you know, we have an Olympic medalist and you're shaking your head no. <laughs> I'm like, don't. I thought you were just, you know, being like, you know, modest. But I, I did want to ha- let you clarify what, what you mean by you're not a, a 
Olympic medalist when we've got 14 gold <laughs> and four bronze yeah. right here in front of us. So the thing is, like, international trap shooters can compete in the Olympics. It's an actual sport within the Olympics along with skeet that women can compete in. And when you say Olympic medalist, like, that is my goal. Yes. I want to win a gold medal at the Olympics for shooting trap because I'm not a skeet shooter. I suck at skeet. Don't, <laughs> I'm not good at it. And so that is my overall goal in my life. And so that's why I shook my head. I'm a Arizona State Junior Olympic trap champion four years in a row, and that's never been done before. So that's pretty exciting. But I'm not an Olympic champion. I've been to the trials, and I missed going to the Olympics last year by around 25 targets. Ah, yeah. Dang it. So you didn't go to Rio, but you yeah. said the big goal, the big prize yeah. is? Tokyo, Tokyo in 2020. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So what's what does that look like to those of us that like I shot? I don't even know if it was trap or if it was skeet. <laughs> one time in yeah. my life, it was a complete joke. Trust me, I am <laughs> giving you no competition. Um, but what I mean, what does it look like when you're training at that level? I mean, are you in the field every day? How does that work? I'm not in the field every day because <coughs> when you're first developing your skills i think you should be in the field every day getting your muscle memory right and getting everything right with how your body works nowadays it's more of a mental game for me i can beat myself up mentally more than i can have my feet in the wrong place and so i spend a lot of time doing mental training i work with my coach who's a psychologist and he helps me work through all the things that i find I talk myself down for, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to think that it's partly 90% mental and 10% actually physically shooting. You know, I so get that. I mean, I, my background's in psychology. So, of course, I'm like, this is my candy. Let's yeah. talk about that. Where did yeah. that begin? You know, tell me about your mother. Actually, I've <laughs> met your mother. She's amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, it's so, and it's not just the shooting sports. You know, mm -hmm. you're talking to everybody. Everyone, There's yeah. people out there that want to start a business, and they talk themselves out of it. They, I mean, you name the thing. They want to go back to school. I've just started my master's yeah. degree. I could have so easily talked myself out of it, but it's like... You I know think what? the mental part plays a big... Especially with my age, I tend to overthink a lot of things, so I just have to learn to be simple and trust my gut that I know what I'm doing because I've been doing this for a while now. Not as long as some people have, but I have been doing this a while and I, I trust my abilities and I know that I can do it if I put my heart and soul and mind into it. Exactly. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. So yeah. one of the other things you do, busy person that you are, is you <laughs> speak at schools. So you go in and you, mm -hmm. you talk to kids in schools. What, what's the message? What are you taking with you? Basically, it's just follow your dreams. A lot of it, sometimes it's taken as a, I don't go in there and try to promote guns. That's not what I try to do. I try to just say, hey, I was in school once and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but I've worked hard and it takes a little while. And I was, what, a sophomore in high school before I found out what I wanted to do. So I went through all those years of my life not knowing what I wanted to do, and then I found it. And so that's what I try to tell the kids is that it's going to be okay if you don't know. Because I most of the time talk to, like, fifth graders, and they don't know what they're going to do. And it's going to change several times before you get old enough to Right, even. and there's this anxiety level, like, I don't have my whole world yeah. platted out. I'm 21, and, and I still don't know what I want to <laughs> do with, like, my career-wise. Like, right. my hobbies and my passion is shooting, but 
that doesn't pay like my Jeep payment. (laughs) So I have to work on that too. So there's just different things in life. And that's what I try to tell them is just, you'll figure it out. And maybe I can open up their eyes to a new sport, which is the shooting sports, which is nice because it's not always as negative as they make it seem. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so you also uh, are a realtor? Yeah. I've so. been a realtor since I was 18. Holy cow. Yeah. I actually graduated high school. And my mom goes, here, you're signed up for real estate school. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess. So I started like two weeks after I graduated high school and got my license the day I turned uh, 19. Well, and so, you know, the, there's been a rough time of houses and properties not selling. Mm-hmm. But right now, I guess, especially Arizona, it's ramping up. Yeah, so, we're doing good right now. So that's fantastic. And yeah. one thing that I, I kind of privately chuckle about is that, you know, we have a lot of realtors that come to our shop. They want to learn to be responsibly armed and mm-hmm. safely armed because they spend time alone Mm-hmm. in properties and homes and that uh, with stranger danger. We don't know who's coming in the door. And I'm thinking somebody goes in with you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the greatest idea, right? but I actually don't do like open houses alone. I yeah. always have my mom's a realtor and she comes with me or my broker. She'll come with me. Someone is always with me because there are certain situations in which realtors are not safe and open houses are one of them and going to see properties at night. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. I'm glad that you're safe about that. But I just was thinking, yeah. uh, stranger danger, don't <laughs> don't be messing around with Taylor. Maybe not me. <laughs> yeah, maybe not Taylor. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in and of course sharing that story. So so when is uh, a Tokyo? And- Tokyo is in 2020. And so basically my first step towards that is I will be going to Fort Benning, Georgia in May. I think it's May 18th through the 22nd, and I will be competing for the World Cup team. So once you make a World Cup team, it's easier to make an Olympic team. Wow. Yeah. That is phenomenal. We will be cheering you on. (laughs) Thank you. Back here in Arizona. And if people want to kind of follow along and kind of see your journey, what would you say? Do you have a a Facebook? I have have a website. I have Facebook. I have Basically, any sort of social media that you have, I have. And you can follow me. I keep everyone updated. My Facebook is Taylor McNeil AZ, and my website is TaylorMcNeil.com. So you can go ahead and follow, and I update it periodically. And especially if I'm at shoots, it's an everyday update. So that's a good source of information if you want to know where I am. And Taylor is spelled a little different than some people. It's spelled T-A-Y-L-E-R. So... And McNeil, M-C-N-E-I-L dot com and dot A-Z, did you say? No, on Facebook. It's Taylor McNeil A-Z. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Just thank me to come in and make a mess out of things after you were so clear. We'll clear it up. We're totally fine. (laughs) I love it. Thank you again so much for coming in. And uh, fingers crossed for Tokyo 2020. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. Stick around because we have Gabby Franco coming up. Now, Gabby's another Olympian, but Gabby competed in her native Venezuela years back. She's a a fairly recent American citizen. She's gotten her her citizenship. I think I'm right about that. We'll ask her when she comes on right after this. And she's got some, a new program that she wants to share with us uh, about, you know, the mental aspects 
of, of target shooting. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Well, thank you for being here with us on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon. If you're listening to us live, it's a gorgeous Saturday afternoon, at least here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we're sitting. If you're listening to us on one of our recordings at the On Demand tab at GunFreedomRadio.com, thank you for whatever day you're spending with us, because honestly, your your time, my time, it is our most precious and finite resource. And we value the time you spend listening to us. And Dan just gave me a look. What's I'm looking look? at this beautiful weather out here, and I realize that summer is coming. Oh, no. <laughs> Way to ruin a perfect spring day, Dan. Yeah, I know. It. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, summer in Arizona is like sitting on the face of the sun. So let's just, let's just slow that part down a little bit. All right. Well, we have a wonderful guest waiting to come on with us. Gabby Franco is an Olympian, a firearms instructor, author, and NRA commentator who has been shooting competitively for 18 years and more. Gabby is the author of the popular shooting manual, Troubleshooting, Mastering Your Pistol Marksmanship. As a firearms instructor, Gabby has taught men and women all over the country, including law enforcement and military personnel. Gabby's style of teaching combines the fundamentals and the mental aspect of precision shooting with a twist of speed. Welcome to the show, Miss Gabby. (laughs) Thank you, Cheryl. Ben, how are you guys? Wonderful. We're doing great. The last time I saw you, you were like a balloon. What? uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Only Dan would say something like that. You were beautifully yes, I expectant say, mother. No, I never said she was ugly. I thought she was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to know, how, how's the baby doing? Oh, he's doing wonderful. He's doing great. He's That's awesome. growing fast. Um, he Every day it's something new, which I think is wonderful. It's, it's, it's like a miracle, you know. Mm-hmm. One day he's just fine and just laying down. The next day he just wants to grow. So, so have you taken oh. him shooting yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Give it time. But every, but every day I tell him, you're going to be a good shot, baby. Oh, I love it. He couldn't help but be. My goodness, he's got awesome genes. So, um, and and you, I mean, you, we talk about uh, competitive shooting as being a sport, as, as you know, the, you guys are athletes, and you are living proof of that. You are already back down to, I, I said you're fighting weight earlier, but you're, you're competitive. You are just fit. I, I really take my hat off to how quickly you got back in shape. Well, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you do it? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. And, and and people, some other people think, oh, you, you have just, you're lucky. You have a good, you know, genetics and stuff like that. And I say, no, <laughs> it's just a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, I avoid every, you know, fast food um, and I'm breastfeeding. So I only eat food that I know is not going to get him gassy. It's not citric. And so it, it is a, it's a long list, but at the end of the day, that's what you have to do when you want to achieve your goals, you know, achieving mm-hmm. the goal, your goals and, and thinking about, I want to do this. I want to do that. It's not only thinking it or wanting to, it's just doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just actions. That's the only thing, the only way you can get it. And and that's how I've been done it. Or that's how well, I've you, done it. You just look amazing and you're, you know, uh, Thank an you. inspiration to those of us that feel like, okay, come on. If Gabby can have a baby like yesterday and look like this, <laughs> my child's 27. I got nothing. I can't say it's baby weight anymore. So, <laughs> it, 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 And it's funny that some people look at me now and they thought, I mean, they think that my, my son was a small baby. David was eight and a half pounds, oh, yeah. and I'm only five feet tall. So yeah, he you was are a tiny. Big baby for me, <laughs> for and <sure>. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is talking about all of this. Is you know some people that know you from your competitive shooting, it's like they probably have you in this little you know box in their mind. Like so many uh, people think, well, gun owners are like these one-dimensional creatures, right? All we do <laughs> is think and talk and breathe guns. But you you have a, a hashtag, hashtag life beyond the gun, where you want to help people, uh, you know, see that we're just normal people with normal lives. You know, I am. A, if you come to my house, you may think there are two women in this house. <laughs> One, because you open drawers and you may find in the same drawer a magazine, mm-hmm. you know, scattered bullets. In the same in the same drawer, you'll find my uh, kneading. I do crochet. I paint. I paint ceramic. Uh, I'm very artistic and stuff like that. So you will think, okay, it's like, what? These two don't match, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and that's the way it is with most people. We have a, um, a whole life out there that people don't know, and they kind of, put a tag in our face, like, oh, you're a gun owner, or you shoot, and all that stuff, you must be a 
nuts. You you are crazy <laughs> and all that stuff. While we are, like I say, we are mothers, fathers, um, photographers, uh, professionals. We 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 are so many other things. So the way I did this life beyond the gun is because I want to say I want people to that can relate to a photographer. You are a photographer and you can relate to this photographer, but it happens to happen that this photographer is also a shooter. Mm-hmm. So it's you know what I mean? It's not just so I want people to see, wow, he's a photographer. He's a great photographer, but he also likes guns. Mm-hmm. So what is such a what is the difference between him and I, why do I think, you know, gun owners cannot do anything but think about guns? So that's why it's just it's, an, it's, it's something I'm creating. I came up with it, and little by little, I want to make it grow and, and people to understand that we are just, you know, we just believe in our rights. Mm-hmm. We believe in um, the Second Amendment just because it's something that we are blessed to have it come Comparing it with how people around the world uh, have it so hard. So, well, and I mentioned as as we were leading out of the last segment that you uh, grew up in Venezuela, and so you have seen a country fall into financial despair. Uh, yeah. You're in America now. I and I I said that I thought you had gotten your citizenship. Did I say that right? Yes, you okay. did. You did. You I have been so. a U.S. citizen for. Oh my, like seven years now. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, so you have seen the other side of it, and so when you talk about loving America and loving the, uh, and valuing our Second Amendment rights, it it just even has more weight. Well, I also wanted to get to before we run out of time. You know, our theme today is happy, healthy, and gun wise, and you have this new seminar that you yes. are doing, and it's called the Mental Dynamics. Of target shooting, and I felt like those two things went together uh, in some ways because you know when a, when we're using our minds and we're really focusing on things, you know, it's firing off places in our brain that that you know benefit us in all sorts of ways. And I don't know if that's what your seminar is about, but that's definitely where my brain went. Well, mental dynamics of target shooting is a seminar that um, I created because I've seen a lot of people thinking that. Every time you go to the range, the only thing you need to do is put in down, bullets downrange to improve your shooting. Mm. Um, the technique of um, the shooting technique, I've learned it firsthand shooting Olympic shooting. And in, I've learned that 90% of it, it comes from what, how we think, how we process the information, how mm. we understand the technique. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the shooting technique, believe it or not, I even have used it in my life personal life and and just to give you an example um in olympic shooting we were competing we have 40 shots and i'm shooting and shooting and then i have a not so good shot let's say a bad shot mm-hmm. one of the things that it tells you it's like the psychology of shooting is that you just don't pay attention to that bad shot you know what happened find a solution keep going so um so this seminar most people when i do this seminar they see it not only as they're going to help them in the shooting per se, but also in their in their life, because mm-hmm. it's about getting uh, where you want to be, but at the same time understanding what is happening. So in the seminar, you're going to learn uh, visualization, 
you know, I'm going to explain, uh, teach people a really meaning of the fundamentals of shooting. The fundamentals of shooting has been taught for decades. There's no, there's no difference. We pull the trigger, we aim the firearm. So it's simple. But yet, why so difficult to shoot bullseye? Mm-hmm. You see, it's because everything is how we think, and most of the time, we are the ones who make it more complicated than what it is. Shooting, shooting is a perishable sport, mm-hmm. and and just a quick, just a quick. Um, an example of it, uh, there's a world champion, she's, uh, and she actually shot at the Olympic Games with me in Sydney, and she was the, the, the one who won. She was the Olympic champion, mm-hmm. and that was in 2000. And 2004 came up. She went through a lot of stuff, and unfortunately, she didn't shoot as good. So you would think, is mm. she a bad shooter? Mm-hmm. Is she a good shooter? Maybe at that time, she could not put her head together. So that's so important how our mental aspect can affect our shooting besides the technique that we have. Mm, so, so well said. So tell so, us about the seminar. Where is it going to be? How can people get involved? The seminar is going to be, right now I have it in Fort Worth. There's going to be also in Grand Prairie here in Texas. It's going to be in Fort Worth um, on March 25th. Um, Grand Prairie is going to be April 1st, so it's not April Fool's, but <laughs> and uh, that one particular is going to be in Spanish. I'm also doing the oh, wow. seminars in English and Spanish, and I want to reach out to the Hispanic community as strongly as I do with, you know, the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have seminars set up for uh, San Diego in California. So I'm going to be there as a keynote speaker for the San Diego County Gun Owners Dinner. And mm-hmm. I told them I wanted to do seminars over there and reach out to more people, um, especially California. That's the people that we want on our side, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. Um, and, they, you know, people can go to my website, uh, gabbyfranco.com slash seminar, and they can read a little bit more. Uh, have great sponsors, Remington Arms, uh, Liberty Safe. They are going to be providing some giveaways. Liberty is giving a, uh, a gun safe, uh, a pistol safe, which is great. And um, I'm going to be raffling a handgun and some other good stuff. So awesome. um, it's going to be, I think, I, I know that people are going to get a lot from it. They're going to come to the seminar and they're going to get pumped to go back to the range and apply those mental techniques I'm going to teach them to help them not only shoot great, but consistently, consistently great. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much. And I encourage everybody to check out the mental dynamics of target shooting. Go to GabbyFranco.com and check that out. Miss Gabby Franco, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we still have an awful lot of show coming up, some great topics. We have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. But our next guest coming up is Miss Raylene Keller of the Kansas Governor's Ringneck Classic. That is a pheasant hunt. You want to stick around and find out about that.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So we are excited now to introduce you to our next guest, Raylene Keller. She is the past president and current treasurer of the Kansas Governor's Ringneck Classic. The Ringneck Classic is a nonprofit organization that holds a four-day event centered around pheasant hunting. This is a completely grassroots endeavor with all volunteers, and each year they host approximately 80 hunters, and all proceeds go to land conservation and wildlife habitat efforts. Welcome to the show, Miss Raylene. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm so excited to have you here, and when I hear... 80 hunters. I hear people better speak up quick as soon as you get the uh, the sign-up sheet going because that's going to fill up fast. Yes, it typically does. That's for sure. So uh, tell us about the hunt this year, and then we'll kind of back up and go into some of the history and how it got started. Um, it's always held uh, the third weekend of November, and it will be in Colby, Kansas. It rotates between five different uh, communities so far. And um, again, like you mentioned, it's a four-day event. So, you know, all over Kansas. So it's like this year it's Colby, and another year it would be another city. And so kind of walk us back and take us back to how did this get started? Where did this, this idea come from? Well, actually, it is only held in northwest Kansas. Oh, okay. And part of the initiative from the governor um, 
was to showcase pheasant hunting in Kansas. So we all know about uh, pheasant hunting in South Dakota, and they do a really great job. They bring mm-hmm. millions of dollars into their state. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll just read a little quote from the governor when he took office. Uh, quote, our state is consistently ranked as one of the top three states in the country for pheasant hunting. Hunting is an underutilized asset for our rural communities. If we do a better job telling people about the quality of hunting available in Kansas, we will see more people visit in the fall and winter months and pull more tourism dollars into our state, unquote. So we do really want to showcase Kansas as a wonderful place to come hunt. In fact, we have over 200,000 acres of walk-in land. Wow. Um, So it was designed to draw regional and national attention to hunting tourism. So is there a reason that you cap it at 80? Is it a safety issue? Um, Is it, you know, that you've got to have enough resources, uh, you know, hotel rooms and all that sort of thing in these rural areas? Or what's kind of magical about the 80? Well, um, there's really no magic to the 80, uh, with the exception of what you mentioned. Um, Typically, we have had, uh, we've held the hunt in communities of 5,000 or less. Mm. So uh, infrastructure is an issue, hotel mm-hmm. rooms and even a venue to hold it. So that's just been kind of, it varies off of that number a bit. Um, some of the communities are a little bit larger and, and we can flex, uh, you know, one direction or another, but that's typically where we usually land. So you said that your, uh, when did it start? Tell us when the first one was. It was in 2011 when so- the governor took office. Wow, so this is still, you know, kind of in its infancy, which is kind of, I think, exciting because, you know, it, who knows where it's going to go from here. But has it has it kind of hit the mark? Has it hit the goal that the governor is after? Has it exceeded? Um, is there room for growth? Tell us about that because there's probably other governors out there that are going, wait a minute. This sounds like an amazing idea that maybe I can use in, in my state for whatever you know, is a game that, that's in their state? Well, we feel like we've been very successful in fulfilling our mission. We are definitely bringing dollars into the community. Um, in 2016 alone, we hosted hunters from 13 different states and two other countries. Wow. And what has taken off in our own state is um, Eastern Kansas Quail Forever chapter in conjunction with the state, is starting a quail classic. Nice. Uh, because there's quail in Kansas, too. So mm-hmm. um, they have realized, uh, the governor, that, yes, this is something that it's been wildly successful, and we have great partnerships and awesome sponsors. And and so, yeah, they're, they're starting it on the other side of the state as well. That is fantastic. So how does an average four-day uh, look like? So on day one, are you already in the field or is that kind of when everybody's just showing up? So out of the four days, uh, the first day people just show up and they have an opportunity to do some practice um, sporting clays. Mm-hmm. And um, that evening, we have a wild game feed. We have all different kinds of wild game and oh, just kind of introductions with our guides and our hunters. The next day, we do um, a sporting clay tournament, and they have a chance to compete. In fact, this year, uh, one of our youth, well, actually, he was 12 years old, or 13, I guess, 
he not only won the youth division, but he won overall the adults as well. I think what? he only missed, missed one. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Um, then we have two banquets, uh, Friday night and then um, again on Saturday night. What Friday night, we, we always have some entertainment, and we do live and silent auctions as well as we have a gun raffle. And what we try to do with that is we just get a wide variety of guns sponsored, and it has been a tremendous fundraiser for us. Anyone can purchase a, tickets online and about a couple months out, and then we just give the guns away. So that's that's been tremendous for us. We usually have between 350 to 550 people, depending, again, on our, our um, venue. And then the hunt itself is on Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. And we give out some awards um, to our our youth, we invite four youth every year. They do like a essay, and um, we give them lifetime hunting licenses, Kansas hunting licenses, and lifetime pheasants forever memberships. And then they, of course, actually get to hunt with the governor. Wow. That's so, incredible. A youth, by the way, in Kansas, I don't know about other states, is ages 12 to 16. See, that's a wonderful thing. They're being exposed to, you know, the outdoors, to the hunt, to the all the disciplines there there are of the firearms, uh, you know, handling of firearms and, and hunting and conservation, and then an opportunity to meet uh, the governor. I mean, just, just the idea that they're being exposed to all of these things opens up possibilities in young people's minds of, of what could be possible for me in my life. And that's tremendous. Well, absolutely. And we know that the youth is the future of preserving, well, our world, Mm -hmm. our uh, our land and conservation, but also uh, within the hunting sport. So we've had numerous girls come, too, and uh, as well as boys. And, yeah, it's been a tremendous experience for them, for sure. That's awesome. So... Uh, tell people again, as we start to close out here, how they can get involved in, and if maybe they, they already have themselves booked up for, you know, this year, uh, they can't get out there in this year, you know, how, planning ahead, you know, even to the next year. How do people, you know, find out more about this? Well, you can come visit our website, but currently the way the structure is set up is there's three ways to attend. You either sponsor a team, which mm-hmm. is four people. We hunt in teams of six, though. Um, you can come as a guest of the governor or be a past hunter. So if anyone's interested, they can just email us. Uh, we do, um, for guests, we do like celebrities and people who are excited about the industry, uh, hunting and, and promotion, of course. And we have um, a few other people that attend. We we have been honored to host over 50 um, active, retired, and wounded um, veterans of our armed forces. Wow. We have a beautiful partnership with Fev- uh, Freedom Hunters. Um, so, in fact, we have a, a, organi- or a sponsor that they just always bring four active soldiers. Wow. And this year we had three generals. Oh. And, in fact, a uh, three-star general, he stayed in my home, uh, you know, we we have people that are, are with our partners, like NRA, Safari Club, Pass It On, Ducks Unlimited, um, Kansas Rifle Association, 
pheasants and quail forever, of course. Um, but what we're really excited about is we created a foundation. It's called the Northwest Kansas Conservation Foundation, and it focuses on land conservation easements, mm. wildlife eff- habitat efforts like we talked about. But sponsors are inspired about this conversation, uh, conservation piece. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we're excited to keep the money local. So the proceeds from the ways that we, um, our sponsors actually make it possible that we can underwrite the event. But everything we gain at the event is then goes for conservation. And, and we give out a scholarship every year as well. So uh, we just have an, a, a wide array of people that like to come. Some people just want to sponsor a team and because they want to um, just bring their, come as buddies or it allows business colleagues to hunt together and, and even network, which is, of course, the governor wanted companies to network. He wants to bring companies to Kansas as well. Mm-hmm. So that has been wonderful. I personally am very excited about our um, connection with women hunters. Mm-hmm. And it's increasing every year. We just love to have women come that they actually promote us, the classic, through their own ventures, like Barbara Baird of Women's Outdoor News mm-hmm. or or Judy Rhodes, uh, the founder of Diva Wow. We, we just had some wonderful women come. Uh, one year we had Miss Kansas 2013. Oh, I love and it. She was promoting, uh, she was a shooter and a hunter, and so that was that was fun. Uh, of course, Julie Golob, you probably know a lot of these mm-hmm. women yourself, Cheryl. Um, They're awesome. Uh, I'm super uh, blessed to know these ladies. Yeah, and, you know, uh, meeting you at SHOT Show was wonderful, because, and that's what we were there for, was we were, we were engaging and networking with people that we can have attend, brings interest for other people to come attend as well. I love it. Well, I love what you guys are doing over there in Kansas. I hope you're inspiring other uh, governors and other states to kind of think differently about how they can use their resources in the same ways that, that you guys are, which is also then therefore helping to preserve those resources through conservation. Uh, thank you again so much for being with us. Raylene Keller of the Kansas Governor's Ring Neck Classic. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, we still have Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. I think we're going to actually let you do your commentary today. We keep keep running out of time for that one, but it's, uh, I really want to hear what it is today. So I'm, I'm going to stop talking. You hear how I stop talking? Never. This is what it sounds like when I stop talking. The only time, well, I was going to say when you eat, but that doesn't work either. (laughs) I just talk with my mouth full. All right. Stick around. Still great stuff coming up. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
fun? Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment. Staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Welcome back. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the time of the show that I, I really value. I mean, I love every one of our guests. I value every second. So how do I say, you know, this one I really love. I think I said that I would say that every single segment, but... Um, the response of the Armed Citizen Report is just very near and dear to my heart. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. The reason that it's near and dear is because responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. So the story today, uh, you know, usually I have like the, the story about danger and encountering danger, and I, I just, I, I don't have one quite like that today. This is where my mind went with this one. You know, I've never read a help wanted ad for the job of police officer, but I wonder if it says something like, your job duties include but are not limited to being provoked, being taunted, and possibly physically attacked and shot at. I mean, does it say in the application that you will be suspected of wrongdoing at every turn and vilified in the media? I, As I said, I don't really have a story today about danger like I normally do. But today, I want to just lift up a prayer and a word of honor and thanks to the people who put on uniforms and leave the house for work every day like the rest of us, but whose job descriptions, if they described the real work these men and women encounter, those job descriptions of what they are expected to do and never become jaded or discouraged are nothing like what the rest of us take on. Yes, today I just want to say I'm thankful for all the people who have invested themselves in the work of serving others, including those of us who have done the work of becoming responsibly armed citizens. 
An Indiana woman shot and killed a man who was fighting with a state conservation officer in southeastern Indiana on Monday's authority said. The unidentified officer responded to a call of a suspicious person in the 8300 block of State Road 56, just west of Rising Sun, Indiana, in Ohio County, at about 12.30 p.m., according to an Indiana State Police news release. After the police officer approached 25-year-old Justin Holland of Morris Hill, Indiana, near a vehicle on the highway, police said that the two began fighting. An unidentified woman at a nearby home came to the scene to help the officer, who was being overtaken by Holland, the release said. The woman fired once from her personally owned gun, striking Holland in the torso, the release said. He was given first aid by witnesses and transported to Dearborn County Hospital, where he was later pronounced dead. The officer was injured and transported to the Dearborn County Hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. Indiana State Police is handling the investigation. The, The identities of the officer and the woman who shot Holland are not being released, pending the outcome of the investigation. Rising Sun, Indiana is located approximately 80 miles northeast of downtown Louisville in the southeastern Indiana. The city is roughly 40 miles east of Cincinnati. Thank you, Newsman Blade. I appreciate that. And, you know, that's one of those things is we're hearing more and more about how responsibly armed citizens are there, thankfully, at the right place at the right time, willing and able to give the aid that's needed to our police officers. And I don't know why we're hearing more about it, but thankfully these are the stories we're hearing is that people will step up. And the whole thing is the police can't be everywhere, even to protect themselves. They can't be everywhere, which means that we all need to be responsibly armed citizens. Right. And, and really emphasize responsibly armed, meaning getting your training we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about responsibly armed citizens in just a minute. Oh, is this uh, Dan's commentary? Um. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. <coughs> it's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. February 6th from the Detroit Free Press. The title. Gun advocates arrested carrying rifles into a Dearborn police station. James Baker had, a bo- had body armor, a semi-automatic pistol, and a short-barreled rifle over his chest and pulled a ski mask over his head. He also had a friend, Brandon Veland, videotape him while going into the Dearborn Police Department to file a complaint and test the Second Amendment. What on Earth. These guys are, they're provoking. That was well, part of what I was saying, right, earlier. So, so what what do you think happened? I, <laughs> you tell us. Because, yes, uh, the police drew on them and ordered them to drop their guns and get on the floor. And they're trying to say, but it's my Second Amendment right. After well, they, they walk in with their face concealed and right. body armor on. And videotaping. And videotaping. Well, they didn't. Come on. So the police commanded on the ground, or you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so are they trying to say that the police were well, wrong in some way? They were arrested. Okay. Later, they were released after posting a $1,500 bond. <laughs> Veland said mm. that the, they audit police abuse and how well they honor the Constitution and people's rights. I don't think that was the most helpful way to go about that. You know what? James Brown and I want to know. 
What were you thinking? We looked at the book titled How to Be a Responsible Gun Owner, and nowhere did we find any reference to this little game you played out. What were you thinking? Wow, we got a double James today. Well, he he was pretty upset about this when I was talking to him. (laughs) So seriously, these are the people that make the rest of us have to work harder to look normal. To me. (laughs) Just to, to say, go ahead. You know what? To me, they're the drunk drivers of responsibly people that have alcohol. You know, we're responsible with alcohol. Right. Then we have those ones that think they can drive and they get in an accident and kill people or whatever. That's an interesting It's the same thing. We have gun ownership. Okay. Yep. There is, we have to be responsible. Yes. So when you have somebody like this, they're the drunk drivers of the, of the people who drink alcohol. Yeah. It's not, it's not responsible to provoke the police. Because, you know, they have to be on high alert just because of the nature of their job. And are there bad police officers that aren't doing their job well or they're, they're you know, misusing the power of the badge? Yes. Who thinks that you Absolutely. can walk into a police but department with a mask on I just, and a gun at your side? You know, you walk into our retail store like that, you're not going to be met with sunshine and roses. You're just not going to be welcomed in like there's nothing odd or or threatening about the way that we perceive you. It's well, very reasonable that we would perceive you as a potential threat when you right. walk in that way. I think that testing is very dangerous. You don't test your spouse to see if they're going to cheat. You don't test the police department to see if they're going to arrest you or not. You know, if you want to see how a police department handles the Second Amendment rights, observe them. Mm-hmm. That's how you find out. Right. File complaints, follow through on the complaints. There are a, a lot of more constructive ways that that won't get you arrested. Right. I, I'm saying this or to possibly the Dearborn shot. Police Department. Mm-hmm. I commend you. Yes. Because you didn't shoot him. Yeah. You you had, I mean, you had kind of, I don't want to say you had the right, but you were in a situation. Well, it could have escalated to yes, that point. If they would have been very evil easily. people. Mm-hmm. You may not have survived. Right. A lot of you may not have survived. Right. And why, why do you think you can test that? I, I just, it's just, James. I, I think we need James again. Yeah. That's terrible. James. He's <laughs> he was getting a drink of water. Leave him alone. No, James. That wasn't terrible. James. What was terrible was... That we're in, we're living in a society where people think that that's okay to do. It's not okay to do. If you're going to be Shame you on them. responsible, responsible. That's it. I agree. Okay. Got to wrap up. End of another show. Where does the time go, Dan? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's 80 coming up. <laughs> that was a, that was a rhetorical question. It didn't really require an answer, but if you want to. Want to study up on it? Do some research. Can I get back to you next yeah, week? Come back to us. Tell us specifically where gonna, does time go. Stay tuned next week. I'm going to tell you where time goes. Oh, my gosh. I'm riveted. I can't wait. Okay. Until next time. Uh, I guess I should thank people first, shouldn't I? Yes. We're a mess. What's the matter with Maybe we need James again. Is James still in the building? Let's find him. There he is. <laughs> 
tonight. Thank you to our tech crew. Thank you to our listeners, our guests, and everyone who who we you know supports what we do. It's an amazing thing to be able to do this. And until next time, pray for our nation. I mean it. Pray for our leaders. All of them. Yes, Dan. All of them, even the ones you don't like. Okay. Especially the ones you don't like. And be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. You know what we haven't done? We haven't thanked all the responsibly, responsible gun owners Our out there. Fathers. Well, let's thank them. Thank, thank you, very you much. responsible gun owners. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.